0: hi this is Wallace Gibbs and welcome back to my story saying goodbye a story about the death of my mom in episode 1 you joined us as mother and I drove from Pritchett Texas down to Humble Texas where we had a nice lobster lunch and then we headed into South Houston where Mama and I finalized her funeral arrangements at Night A Funeral Home. From there, we headed to Christopher's house in southwest Houston, where Aurora greeted us, and we all three waited until Christopher got home from work when we went to dinner at a barbecue place. Mama and I then headed up to Cleveland, where we spent the night at Gell and Bobby's house. The next morning, we drove from Cleveland, Texas, up to Pritchett, Texas, where I dropped Mama off and then headed back home. In episode two, on February 14th, I left the Dallas-Fort Worth area and joined Mama and Gail at Mama's apartment in Pritchett, Texas. So welcome to episode three, February 15th, 2020. I woke up around seven o'clock the next morning and rolled out of bed. If things were normal, Gail and Mama would have already been up for at least an hour, eaten breakfast, and would be ready to start their day. I quickly showered, dressed, and headed to the apartment. Sure enough, Gail and Mama were fully dressed and had eaten breakfast. Good morning, I said as I entered the apartment and headed over to the kitchen table where Mama and Gail were sitting. Good morning, Mama said. How did you sleep? I slept fine, I said. It's a nice, comfortable bed. Would you like for me to cook you some breakfast? Gail asked. That would be awesome, I said. You make the best fried eggs and toast. How many? Gail inquired. Two pieces of toast and two eggs,' I answered. A few minutes later, Gail set a plate with the requested eggs and toast, along with two pieces of sausage. "'That's some of the venison sausage that Charlotte and Scotty made this year,' Mama informed. Mama and Gail left the apartment and went to sit out in the barn. I ate the hearty breakfast.' At least it was for me, as I was used to a bagel and cream cheese or a bowl of cereal for breakfast in the morning. Every day, except for on Fridays, when I treated myself to a slice of breakfast pizza and a large unsweetened tea from QT. I rinsed off my plate, put it in the sink, and then joined Mama and Gail outside. What are your plans for today? Mama asked. I'm going to hang out with you until around 11 o'clock, and then I'm going to meet Gina at LaFinka's for lunch, I said. Sounds good, Mama said. Do you have any projects that you need help with? I asked. None, Mama answered. Let's just sit and enjoy each other. Are you interested in a game of Phase 10? I asked both Mama and Gail. Sure, they said in unison. Do you want to play out here or at the table, I asked. Let's play at the table, Mama suggested. We went inside the apartment and spent the next hour and a half playing two separate games of Phase 10. I won the first game, and Mama won the second game. Well, Gail stated, I think that I'm going to go home now. Thank you for coming up. I sure enjoy visiting with you. Mama said as she stood up to give Gail a hug. It was great to see you, I said as I stood to give Gail a hug. Gail began packing, which took all of ten minutes, and then headed out to her car. Mama and I followed her as we watched her get into her Toyota Corolla, then drive from underneath the sweetgum grove, down the driveway, and onto the private road, where her car disappeared from sight. Do you want to walk to the pond? Mama asked. You bet, I said. Mama and I walked to the pond and then back and then down the private road to get her mail, which was typically delivered in the morning. Yoda, Toby, and Patch never let Mama out of their sights, so they, too, walked with us down to the mailbox. When we get home, I'm going to head to Gilmer to meet up with Gina, I said. Do you want to come with us? No, I'm just going to stay here, Mama replied. All righty, I said. You're always welcome to come. We reached Mama's driveway. Mama headed towards the barn and into her apartment, followed by the dogs. I headed to the sweet gum grove, got into my car, and headed to Gilmer. It only took 10 minutes to get from Mama's house to La Finca, one of three Mexican food restaurants in Gilmer and Gina's favorite. I parked in the parking lot and back, which was surprisingly full already. I walked around the side of the restaurant and entered the front doors. I looked around the small lobby and there was Gina sitting on a bench, still in her Brookshire's uniform. Gina got up as I headed towards her and gave me a big hug. How are you doing?" Gina asked. I'm doing great, I said. How are you? All right, I guess, she said. I'm just tired. Are you all ready to be seated? The hostess asked us. Yes, we replied in unison. The hostess led us to the dining room and seated us in a booth. Shortly thereafter, a server appeared with a basket of chips and two small bowls of red salsa. "'Can we get two of the green sauces?' Gina asked, as the server put the chips and the salsa on the table. "'You bet. Your waitress will be with you shortly,' the server answered. No sooner than when she had left, the waitress appeared. "'Hello. My name is Janet, and I'll be your waitress for today,' Janet began. What can I get you to drink? I'll take an unsweet tea, I said. I'll have a Coke, Gina said. Also, can you bring us a bowl of queso? You bet. I'll have those out right now, Janet said. Do you know what you want or do you need some time? No, we know what we want. We're going to split the beef and chicken fajita combo for one person, I said. Is that all? Janet asked. Yes, thank you, I replied. Janet left and the server came back and delivered our green sauce. Our queso came and soon after our fajitas arrived. I got out my phone and made a Marco Polo in the sibling chat. Wallace and Gina appear on the screen and Wallace begins. me and Gina. We're La Finca. Hello. Yeah. Gina's waving at the camera as the Marco Polo stops. Gina and I visited as we enjoyed our lunch together. When it came time to pay, I reached into my wallet and started to take out money. You put that back, Gina said. Remember our deal. When you come to Gilmer, I pay for La Finca. When I come to Hearst, you pay for a Blalos. I know that's the deal, but I come to Gilmer ten times as often as you come to Hearst, I said. Doesn't matter. A deal's a deal, Gina said as I put my wallet away. What are you doing for the rest of the day, I asked. I'm going back to Brookshire's. I get off around four o'clock and then have chores to do, Gina said. How about you? Just hang out with Mama, I answered. I think Charlotte is right. One of us needs to be with her when they leave town. There's just something that is not right about her, and I can't put my finger on it. I know, Gina said. You know that she's in the beginning stages of dementia and Parkinson's as well. I do, I said. We just have to watch what medicines they put her on. That is how Mrs. Hunt died. They gave her one medicine that interacted badly with another of her medicines. And that was in the Christmas of 2016, and she was never the same after that. "'I didn't know that,' Gina said. "'Did you know that they put Mama on a medicine for her high cholesterol? And a few weeks later, they told her that she was diabetic and wanted to give her some additional medicine for that?' I asked. "'Yes,' Gina answered. "'I am sure glad we got that fixed.' Me too, I said as we walked out of the restaurant. I love you, and hopefully I'll see you at church tomorrow. I can't wait, Gina said. Give me just a second, I said. I want to get some of that peanut brittle that they sell. As soon as you enter La Finca, there is a hostess stand where proudly displayed is a basket containing individually wrapped peanut brittle patties, each about the diameter of a small pie plate. A label on the package says Life Tabernacle with a Gilmer mailing address. This is the best peanut brittle that I have had in recent years and is as good as or better than what Mrs. Sharp used to make. I grabbed two packages of the peanut brittle and walked over to the bar to pay for them. That'll be $6.50 including tax, the bartender stated. Here's $7.00. I said, handing her the money. After getting my change, I rejoined Gina outside of the restaurant, and we headed to our cars in the parking lot. I drove back to Mama's, and Gina headed back to work. Before I pulled into Mama's driveway from the private road, I could see Mama at the opposite end of the private road near Becca's house with her three dogs following her. This is why she is in such great shape. I thought to myself, she must walk five miles a day, getting her mail, mowing the lawn, walking to the pond, and walking with those dogs. I pulled my car under the sweet gum trees and walked back down the driveway to join Mama. How was your lunch with Jana? Mama asked. Great, as usual, I said. I sure enjoy visiting with her. I am so worried about her. She is so stressed out, and I don't know if her family can see it. I feel like she is a heart attack waiting to happen. I know, Mama said. She and I have talked about her stress level, and she keeps promising to work on that. Mama and I continued talking as we walked towards the open bay door. What are you going to do this afternoon? Mama asked. I don't have anything in mind. Do you have a project for me? I ask. I would like to collect some of the limbs that blew down in that storm last week, and then burn them, Mama proposed. Sounds like a plan, I said. Let me go change into work clothes that I brought with me, and then we'll get started. Shortly thereafter, Mama and I walked, talked, and gathered limbs, putting them on an old giant sweet gum stump in between Mama's apartment and Charlotte's house. The stump was in the perfect location because it was far enough away from the other sweet gum trees that lighting a fire would not be a problem. Mama and I worked for about an hour and made a nice sized pile on top of the stump. Why don't you sit down and I'll go get some diesel to put on the pile to get it started, I told Mama. While you do that, I'll go get us some water, Mama said, then we can sit down. I went into another barn that Charlotte and Scotty had where they parked their lawn mowers and their tractor. I felt that surely the diesel would be near those vehicles. I searched to no avail. Returning to the stump, I asked Mama, do you know where Charlotte and Scotty keep the diesel cans? Yes, they keep it in that little shed right behind their house, Mama said as she pointed to a small wooden shed. The shed had wood siding and had green moss that covered most of the shingles on the roof. To tell you the truth, it didn't look very sturdy and really looked out of place on the property. With the green moss on the roof, I would have expected it to be located in Seattle, Washington or Portland, Oregon versus Pritchett, Texas. Reaching the door, I gave it a sharp tug. Nothing happened. I put a little more effort into it and pulled harder. The door yielded, opened up, and revealed several gas cans, as indicated by their red color, and two very large diesel cans, as indicated by their yellow color. I tipped each of the containers to see which one had the least amount in it, and then grabbed the least full container and headed towards the stump. Mama was sitting in a lawn chair with our water glasses. Did you happen to bring any matches with you? I asked. I sure did, Mama said as she leaned to the side, reached into the pocket of her jeans, and withdrew a small box of kitchen matches. I filled a one-pound plastic coffee container with diesel and began walking around the brush pile, literally, liberally pouring it onto limbs and the stump. I threw the coffee container to the side and went over to Mama to grab the matches. I lit a match and held it, next to a spot where I had poured diesel. The fuel slowly started to burn, and very quickly the entire brush pile was engulfed in flames. The heat from the fire became intense, so I retreated to where Mama was and sat down in a chair next to her and sipped on my water. Thank you for helping me with this, Mama said. No problem, I said. I really enjoy doing things like this. When I was a teenager, I couldn't wait to get away from the country, and now I wish I could come back. Why don't you, Mama asked. Laura would hate the isolation, I said. She is a city girl through and through. Mama and I sat watching the fire and visiting. On occasion, one of us would get up and use a hard rake to collect the stubs of the burned limbs and put them back onto the fire. After a couple of hours, there was a pile of red-hot embers glowing on top of the stump. If we keep that pile of embers alive, it will soon consume the entire stump, Mama said. I think that I'm going to pull some of the dirt away from the sides of the stump, I said. That way it will expose more wood to burn. You go right ahead, Mama said. I will watch. I went back to the small shed where I found the diesel, and retrieved a hoe and a scratcher. I went back to the stump and slowly started working dirt from around the edges, pulling it away to expose more of the stump. In some spots, I was able to dig down about six inches in the dirt. In one area while I was digging, I pulled out a giant potato-looking thing. Do you know what that is? Mama asked. "'No, ma'am,' I said. "'You know those thorny vines that grow up into the trees?' Mama asked. "'Yes. That is the tuber they grow out of. That is why they are so difficult to kill,' Mama said. "'You have to kill the tuber as well.' "'I had no idea. "'That gives those things a whole new perspective. "'Are you getting hungry?' Mama asked, I am. I'll go make some cornbread and heat up some of that soup for us. That sounds great, I said. I will collect up all the tools and put them back into the shed. All that we can do now is just keep an eye on it. Mama headed towards our apartment, and I took the hoe, scratcher, and diesel can back to the shed and put them away. Walking back to Mama's apartment, I turned and looked towards the pond, admiring what a beautiful place Charlotte and Scotty had here. This is the perfect place for Mama to live out her last years, I thought to myself. I walked around the stump, ensuring that nothing was close enough to catch fire should the wind pick up. By the time that I got to Mama's apartment, a bowl of soup and a piece of cornbread was sitting at the table waiting for me. I'm going to wash up, and then I'll be ready, I shouted as I entered the bathroom. Mama's vegetable soup was great, but after it sat for a day, it became fantastic. We ate our soup, and then went and sat outside in the open bay door. Wallace, Mama began, I have some things that I'd like to talk to you about. Okay, I said hesitantly. What kind of things? What do you think that I should do with the money that I have in the bank? Mama asked. How much money are we talking about? I asked. About $40,000, Mama said. I get a Social Security check every month, and I can live on that. That other money is just sitting there, and I'd like to split it among the five of you. First of all, I said, I hope that you're here with us for many more years. Granny lived to be ninety-three, and you're only eighty-three. Secondly, keep your money in the bank. You never know when you're going to need it, and all five of us are doing just fine right now and don't need financial help. Are you sure? Mama asked. Yes, I am sure, I said. I am also sure that is the way the others feel. If something happens to me, will you make sure that my dogs are taken care of? Mama asked. You bet. I will make sure that they are taken care of. Between the five of us, we will make sure that they have a home, I said. I am not sure how Hunter and Maxwell will feel about having a small dog at the house, especially the small, gray, bossy dog. But they will adjust, and hopefully you will outlive your dogs. Thank you, Wallace, that gives me such comfort. Mama and I talked for about another hour and watched the moon and the stars appear, bringing with them a beautiful cloudless evening. Mama assured me that she was okay, so I spent the night over at Charlotte's house, again falling asleep to the -the glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling. This concludes... Episode 3 of Saying Goodbye. Please join me next time as we begin at February 16th, 2021. I look forward to being with you.